0: This is the Sunday morning message broadcast from Church of God Holiness in El Dorado Springs. Things change, plans fail. You look for love on a grander scale Storms rise, hopes fade And you place your bets on another day When the going gets tough, when the ride's too rough When you're just not sure enough Jesus will still love will never change sure as a steady rain, Jesus will still be there when no one else is true he'll still be loving you when it looks like you've lost it all and you haven't got a prayer Jesus will still learn. Sometimes weakness wins and you lose your foothold once again. When the going gets tough, when the ride's too rough, when you're just not sure enough, Jesus And it looks like you've lost it all And you haven't got a prayer Jesus was still and you haven't got a prayer, Jesus will still be there, when it looks like you've lost it all, and you haven't got a prayer, Jesus will still be
1: To open your Bibles to follow along, we'll be looking at one verse in Job chapter 14 and uh, two or three verses in the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 5. And this is lesson number three in our series that we're calling Wise Up. And there's a question that is anchoring our series that I hope will become a filter through which we evaluate every decision, every activity, as well as every relationship this is a question that can reduce the stress in our lives. We need that right now. It's a question that can save us money. We need that right now. It's a question that can save us time. It can save us regret. And the question is not, is it moral or immoral, or is it legal or illegal? Rather, the question is, is it wise? Because as we've been saying, there are many things that are legal, but they're not wise. That there are some things that are moral, but in our particular circumstance, they're not wise. There are many purchases you can make that may not be sinful, but they're not wise. There are many things that we might be able to do and not go to hell because of it. But when we look at our situation, we just shouldn't do it because it's not wise. Now, today as we continue asking this driving question, our focus will be on the element of time. Is the way that we're using our time wise? Are we investing our time wisely, or are we wasting it foolishly? And and please know this isn't just going to be a time management lesson. Uh, It's much more than that, because the wise use of our time has spiritual implications. It has eternal implications. And Job nailed it in the Old Testament. In one short verse, he gives the reason we need to dedicate an entire message to the wise use of our time. He said this in Job chapter 14, verse 5. Man's days are determined. You, meaning God, have decreed the number of his months and have set limits he cannot Exceed. So, to put it bluntly, when it comes to our time here on earth, somebody has already turned the hourglass over. And one of these days, the last grain of sand will pass through that narrow passageway. One of these days, our heart will beat for the last time. One of these days, our lungs will take in their final breath of air, and not only will there be a beginning date on our tombstone, but there will be an ending date, which means this, maybe you haven't thought about it this way, here on earth, besides your relationship with Jesus Christ, time is one of your most valuable assets, because time here on earth is one of the few things for which you can never get a do-over. You can't say, man, I wasted yesterday, so I'm going to hit rewind and live Saturday all over again. You can't do that. You don't get a do-over with time. You can't make more time. You can make more friends, but you can't make more time. You can make more money, but you can't make more time. And most of us, regardless of our age, we could probably look back at a certain season of our lives and realize that we wasted, we misspent so much of our time. Now, to make sure that we get everything out of this lesson that we should, I want to get us on the same page. Uh, And to help us do that, I want to give four reminders, or maybe there are four observations about time. And none of these four things will cause you to say, oh, Joe, that is so brilliant. You are a genius. I've never thought of that. No, you will say, whenever I tell you what they are, here's what you will say. I knew that. Now, you may not have organized it into these four categories, as we will try to do this morning, but you will know everything I will say. And uh, I, I pray that God would use this very, very practical lesson to maybe prod us into doing what we already know we should be doing. Let me give you four observations about time. Number one. Investing small amounts of time over time is cumulative. In other words, doing small things over and over on a consistent basis brings about a cumulative long-term benefit. Or I recently came across a new word uh, for, for me. You probably already knew this, but, but the new word for me was summative. Um, which means the process of taking small things, summing them up, adding them up, or again, basically the same word as cumulative. So the first observation that you already know is that investing small amounts of time or doing things over and over on a consistent basis is cumulative or summative. Let me illustrate this uh, to drive it home with a few real life situations. If you exercise... 20 to 30 minutes a day, three or four days a week, do this week after week, month after month, year after year, the results will bring, will be cumulative. Doing this consistently over time will benefit your health. Uh, Maybe I shouldn't say it this way, but it will show up in your body. You know, the shape of it, the, the toning, the health of your heart, your blood pressure, all of the other stuff that working out helps you with. Another example: If you have a family and you make it a priority to eat supper or dinner, by the way, how many of you call it supper? How many of you call it dinner? <laughs> Boy, almost half and half. Well, we were supper people, at least when when I grew up, and now my kids are trying to change it to sound fancy and call it dinner, but I still think it's supper. But, but anyway, if, if you made it, uh, make it a priority to eat supper or dinner with your family four to five nights a week, week after week, month after month, year after year, which incidentally researchers say is one of the most important things you can do as a family to develop closeness, uh, um, to, 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 to develop a family bond. But, but doing this at least four to five evenings a week will be summative. It will be cumulative. It will build family closeness that may not be evident immediately because, you know, teenagers, what they'll do, they'll say, "Eh, I don't want to be with mom and dad, but years down the road, this will be etched in the memory of these family members and it will pay big dividends. The same thing is true. If you build into your schedule a quiet time where you open God's word and pray and do this consistently day after day after day, the results of that discipline will be cumulative and, and help in the spiritual formation of your life. You say, "Well, I, I want to be godly. I want to be godly like Silas or like like whomever you respect spiritually." Godliness doesn't happen overnight. It takes a consistent time with God, day after day, uh, obedience to the Spirit. It's a process. By the same token, if you have a practice of coming to church every Sunday, and again, right now, you know because COVID has changed some things. But whenever there's that regular practice of coming to church every Sunday, allowing God to speak to you in a corporate setting, or if you're in a small group and and you open your life up to other people, as well as pour your life into other people's lives, over time, you will not only find a special connection with God, but you will find a special connection with people. A lot of people say, well, I just don't have any friends. May I encourage you to get involved in a small group? But... Under this same observation, there there are a couple of things that, that again, you know, but I I just want to remind you. One is that there is generally no benefit in one single installment. For example, just exercising one 30-minute segment a year, or going to church one Sunday a year on Easter or Christmas, or having supper with your family one evening a year, one single installment of those things generally yields no benefit. Also, where there is generally no benefit in one single installment, if you built a regular practice of those things into your life, there is also generally no consequence in missing one installment. So if you exercise three to four times every week, every month, but you occasionally miss one workout, there's no consequence. Somebody calls and says, hey, let's go hang out. Let's go do this. You decide to skip one workout. What do you say? Well, skipping one time won't hurt anything. And you're right. Skipping one exercise session doesn't hurt anything. It's not like somebody will walk up to you and say, Ooh, I can tell you only exercised 149 times this year instead of 150. You know what? There's no consequence. Or, you know, if you have a practice of going to church every Sunday and you go out of town to Branson, miss church that Sunday, it's not like you're going to lose your salvation, go to hell. You know, same thing with family meals. If if you occasionally get home from work late and, and have to miss a meal with your family, it's not like that will bring distance with the family. So there is generally no benefit in one single standalone installment, nor is there any consequence to missing one. So number one, investing small amounts of time over time is cumulative. Number two, neglect is cumulative as well. So if you choose not to exercise, that's cumulative. Just being a couch potato has a cumulative effect. If you neglect your relationships, you neglect your kids, if you neglect your spiritual life, if you neglect your quiet time, if you neglect church, neglect is cumulative. It will show. And the more you neglect something, the easier it becomes to neglect. The more you miss your quiet time, the easier it becomes. The more you miss church and... You know, I see this all the time. It becomes easier to miss. And and, and I'll just be honest with you. One of my big concerns during COVID, during this time when it's not wise for everybody to be in church, but, you know, some people haven't been in church since March. They've been watching online. and, and, And I understand that. And that's proper. That's right. But the concern of the church world across America, across the world, is what happens then when our health is back? we get out of the practice, it's so easy then to just keep on missing. Neglect is easy. You you know, the more you neglect something, the easier it becomes. But neglect is also costly because it's small deposits over time in the key areas of our life that make all the difference. And, And here's the thing, and I don't want to emphasize this too much, or I will need to go to the altar and ask you to pray for me. But if you think that investing in your health is too time-consuming now. You know, I just don't have time. I'm so busy. I don't have time to really take care of myself. Uh, Wait until you get to the point where something happens to you physically that could have been avoided, and then you will find (laughs) that the time and expense and distractions and limitations and doctor's visits and surgeries and hospital stays, etc., would make the minimal, minimal investment to stay in shape seem pretty insignificant. You know, the same things true with your, your spiritual health. When, when you begin to neglect your time with God, and, and, and you begin to neglect your time in, in a small group or whatever, and, and again, COVID has given us some legitimate excuses not to come to church. But listen, COVID has not given us a legitimate excuse to not read our Bibles or pray, or engage in online worship, whether it's with this church or one of the thousands and thousands of options that you have. When we don't take care of our spiritual health, and when a crisis comes up, and we, we begin to realize, you know, I've neglected God, and, and He's so distant, and we wish we could come back to those days and have a close walk with God, because we took time for Him, and had a quiet time, and worshiped with other believers. So, neglecting to invest Small amounts of time into those key disciplines is easy, but the neglect is costly. So number one, investing small amounts of time over time is cumulative. Number two, neglect is cumulative as well. Number three, random or occasional has no cumulative value. And we alluded to this under our first observation, but I want to spend a little bit more time here. As we think about the wise use of our time, there is no impactful value in random, even though you're doing some good things. Let me illustrate it this way. If, if in this hand right here, you were to put 30 minutes a day, week after week, year after year of exercise, and in this hand, you would put all of the things that you chose to do instead of exercising, this would add up to nothing. Nothing. In fact, just a question, what did you do last year instead of exercise? You have no idea, because it's random. You can't point to anything lasting. You, you, you say, well, I slept in, okay. What do you have for all of that sleeping in? Nothing. Well, I spend time on social media, okay. What do you have for all that time on social media? Well, I learned that someone ate Fruit Loops for breakfast this morning. Or you'll learn that someone is mad because so-and-so didn't mask up and someone else is mad because such-and-such such an organization is requiring masks. Oh, that's really good. You say, well, I worked overtime. Okay, what do you have to show for the few hours of overtime that you worked? Well, you found out that you got to pay an extra 30 to 40% in taxes. And then if you pay your tithe, like all of you do, I'm sure, you, you paid out another 10%. And so you only saw about half the money you earned while working overtime, and and so you bought an outfit with that money, and the first time you wore it, you spilled coffee on it and stained it up, and realized that, eh, I don't like it so well after all. So what did all that overtime money profit you? Not much. You know, if you're married with kids, and, and you take all the things you did instead of having dinner with your family and put it in a pile, what does it add up to it? It adds up to nothing, because... You neglected the important things for a bunch of random things. And listen, this is brilliant. I hope you can follow me. You probably can't, but when you add random plus random plus random, you know what you get? Random. And random equals nothing. That's a formula. Look it up in your algebra book. Random isn't cumulative, but small, consistent deposits of important things in our lives over time are cumulative. The fourth observation is this. Our sand is still going through here. Someone said, man, I got worried. This is an hourglass. Are we going to be here until the last grain of sand goes through? I'm just going to let you wonder here fourth observation is, in the areas that matter most, you can't make up for misspent or wasted time. Or, or, or let me say it more directly, in, in the areas that matter the most, you can't cram and pull an all-nighter. Now, in school, we could pull an all-nighter. We all did that. <laughs> um, we'd pull an all-nighter, do that report, uh, study for the test, and and we'd come out of there with a C and and um, you know, do you know what the motto of college students is, "C's get degrees, C's get degrees." And, and I had a college student between services, they said, "You are exactly right. C's get degrees." And, and he, he, I encouraged him tremendously by saying that, but And and there are areas of our lives where where that works, you know, getting ready for a presentation, getting ready for a meeting. You can cram, do a decent job. People might even be impressed. But when it comes to our spiritual walk, when it comes to having a significant practice of a quiet time with God, when it comes to our family time, when it comes to gathering with other believers in a small group or in church, you cannot cram. You cannot do an all-nighter to make up for the most important areas of your life. For example, if you have a family and you haven't been having dinner with your family on a consistent basis, and, and I, I think that my wife would tell you that the thing that contributed most to the closeness of our family, and our family certainly hasn't been perfect because of a very imperfect dad, but we try to have dinner together most every evening, and I tried to honor that appointment. In fact, I, I've been in counseling sessions before, and the time would roll around, and I'd say, oh, my wife puts effort into making sure we have a family meal, I'm going to have to go. I now know that sounds cold-hearted as a pastor, but I tried to honor that time. This also sounds unspiritual, but I would probably put that family time around the supper table as important or even more so than the devotions that we had together as a family. Just that time together. But but anyway, the the point is, if you're one of those families where you don't do the family dinner thing, and and maybe all of a sudden you realize, oh, my kids are getting older, they're soon going to be out of the house, so we need to make up for lost time. And so you say, here's what we're going to do. We're going to plan a Saturday morning breakfast around the table, and we're going to stay at the table and eat pancakes for eight hours straight. (laughs) And all of the people say, amen, but we're going to make up for those meals. You know, you'll find out that it doesn't work that way. In fact, you'll find out that that kind of stuff actually does more damage than good. You know, sometimes we try the same thing in our exercise. We haven't worked out in a year and we feel so guilty and overweight and sluggish and we decide, okay, uh, we're going to make up for lost workout time with a mega workout. Jeremy Barger, do you know what a mega workout is? Um, We get up at 3 o'clock the next morning, we run for three hours. And the following day, our body sends us a message, and you know what the message is? The message is you're an idiot, <laughs> idiot, 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 and, and now you've got shin splints, you've got blisters on your feet, your body's in major revolt, can barely move. You cannot make up for lost exercise time with a mega workout. In the areas that are most important in life, you cannot make up for lost time. You, you can pull an all-nighter in school, you can... Maybe pull an all-nighter to get ready for work, but I'm telling you, you cannot cram for your health. You cannot cram in the acquisition of wealth. You cannot cram and make up for lost time in a marriage. You can't cram in a relationship with kids. You cannot cram in your walk with God. It takes constant, consistent deposits of time over time. So don't go home and say, well, I haven't read my Bible in a long time, so for the, over the next seven days, I'm going to read the whole thing. don't do that. Small deposits of time over time. Now, for the rest of our our time together, I want to go back to the passage of Scripture that we used for our kickoff in this series three weeks ago, Ephesians chapter 5, as we talk about the wise use of our time. And I would just focus, narrow it down to one phrase but the Apostle Paul says it so well. He says this in Ephesians five fifteen: Be very careful how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Here's the verse. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Now, the phrase making the most of every opportunity literally means to redeem or to get full value out of your time. And so I ask you the question, Are you getting the full value out of your time? Are you getting the full value out of your work day? Are you giving your employer a full value day? Are you getting full value out of your family time? Are you getting the full value out of the quiet time you spend with God? Are you making the most of every opportunity you have? Because remember, somebody has turned the hourglass over. And if I simply spend my time the way culture would have me spend my time, if I simply spend my time the way my flesh wants me to spend my time, if I simply, remember what we said, pick up my feet and just kind of float along with the culture, more than likely, we're going to end up someplace we don't want to be. Because for the most part, all culture does is to cause you to focus on the now. Instant gratification. It's all about now. And as we said, that missing one installment itself, missing one Sunday of worship, missing one exercise session, missing one day of your quiet time, missing one meal with the family won't matter. But the problem is that when we when we begin to use that excuse of, well, skipping one time won't matter, and it won't. But we use that over and over too often. Skipping whatever it is will begin to lead us to destructive habits, and we end up looking back and wondering, how did we get there? So Paul says this. He says, church people, he's writing this to church people, be careful. Come on, guys, be careful. Not as unwise, but as wise, redeeming the time, getting full value out of every day because... After all, if you're not intentional, if you're just random, if you're just haphazard, you'll look back on your marriage or on your very few years you had with the kids in your house or you look back on your health and you will come down to the end of your life and realize that, you know what, you and God are just kind of strangers. Your kids are strangers. You and your spouse, you're strangers because you neglected those relationships, those small consistent deposits that had a cumulative effect. So here's the question we want to focus on as we try to head towards the finish line. I want to make this really practical. Here's the question. Where do we need to begin making consistent deposits into our daily lives? Where? Where do we need to begin making consistent deposits into our daily lives? Maybe for some, it would be uh, to begin making consistent deposits of time and effort to work your way out of some bad habits and addictions. And you don't think you have time or money to meet with a counselor that can help you, but you really can't afford not to address that right now. Because if you don't take care of that soon, the time you will have to spend on and and deal with that later on will be much greater. Others of you have possibly racked up a lot of debt and you need to take time to meet with a financial advisor, work on a plan to slowly work your way out of the debt mess. Others of you um, have damaged relationships and investing time with them is the only way to begin to heal those relationships. And then, do I even say this? RJ, should I say this? You don't know what I'm going to say, do you? But, but the painful truth is that some of us are just flat out of shape. And if we think we're too busy to spend time addressing that now, well, eventually we will be forced to take time when health issues come our way and we will have no options but to take some time off. And then for some of us, it's been so long since we've engaged in any kind of spiritual disciplines. We, we don't have a consistent, quiet time with God. So in light of all of these things, what do we need to begin doing right now with our time? Not an all-nighter. You, you don't cram for these kinds of things, but just small, consistent, daily deposits that will yield summative or cumulative results. And uh, the thing is, even if we don't have our goals written down, I think all of us have a picture of where we want to be one day, don't we? we? We have a picture of where we want to be relationally with our spouse, with our kids. We have a picture of where we want to be with our health or with our finances. And I think that most of us even have a picture of where we want to be in our walk with God. I don't think anybody wants to go to hell. I mean, those of us in this part of the country, we want to be closer to God. We want to be godly. We want to know more about the Bible. We want to have more of God in our lives. And the way that happens is through consistent daily investments and deposits of time. So, um, in light of the above things that we've mentioned, where do we need to begin making small deposits of time? Because remember, somebody has turned over the hourglass. As we close, let me paraphrase the Apostle Paul. Therefore, be careful how you live. Not as unwise. Unwise takes no effort, but there's a high price to pay. Unwise takes no intentionality, but there's a high price to pay. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of your time. Lord, we want to just uh, bring you, I I realize that this lesson was not deep theologically, it was just on the practical side. But Father, I believe that if we could all begin to uh, understand this concept, Lord, small deposits time over time, just whether it's with our family, whether it's just the acquisition of wealth, and, and especially with, with our walk with you. Lord, we don't get there all of a sudden. It's, uh, sometimes we think, well, I want to make a sprint, and but that's not the way life is. That's not the way our spiritual life is. It's a marathon, and Whereas a sprint, we're all out. We're giving it all we've got. But Lord, in a marathon, we're, we're kind of holding back because we know the journey is long. And so we're pacing ourselves. And so Lord, I pray that we would understand when it comes to these practical concepts that God, we need to pace ourselves. And Lord, we don't want to waste time because the, somebody has turned over the hourglass. So God, I just pray that you would help us for those that maybe just on the practical side that we need to maybe take better care of our health, that we would do that, that we would just small deposits of time over time, that we would do that. Lord, maybe our families, we've kind of gotten in the busyness of life and with ball games. And Lord, I know things are so busy, but Lord, I pray that we would carve out that time to where at least three or four or five times a week we'd be able to maybe have a meal together and just have a special time together I pray that we would make that a priority and then most of all Lord I pray that we would just be able to um, spend time with you on a daily basis God that we would not say well I'm so busy but rather we would just begin to uh, Lord on a daily basis just carve out a little bit of time and read your word and listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, and Lord, that we would begin that journey of godliness instead of just thinking we can sprint to godliness, but Lord, help us to realize, no, it's just a marathon, and little by little, God, you show us things we change and adapt, and Father, I pray that we would have that just, that stick-to-itiveness. I think we've all been there, Lord. We've all done that to where we have uh, started, but then we've stopped down the road, and But, Lord, I pray that you would help us to just begin a consistent walk with you. Lord, I pray your blessing upon these people here, those that are watching online. And, God, we're living in perilous times. We're living in scary times. We're living in dangerous times. And, God, uh, we know that there are people that are dying in our community. There are people dying in our country. People dying all across the world from COVID and other things. And, Father, I pray that we would live our lives carefully because... Lord, the hourglass has been turned over, and one of these days it's going to run out of sand. And so, Lord, I pray that you would hedge us in. Help us to live with intentionality. Help us to live on purpose, not just random, not just haphazardly, not flying by the seat of our pants. But, Lord, there would be intentionality that we would live with purpose. God, we thank you for your word that is just truth and light. So as we go from here today, Lord, just continue to work in our lives, continue to speak to us. Lord, thank you for your Holy Spirit. We love you. We ask this in Jesus' name, his holy name, his wonderful name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Look at this hourglass. Somebody turned over the hourglass, and the sand is gone. Now, how's that for timing? That really wasn't on purpose, but you're dismissed. Thanks for coming.
0: You've been listening to the Sunday Morning Message broadcast from Church of God Holiness in El Dorado Springs. Our messages are archived at www.eldochurch.com or to order compact discs or DVD videos of the messages, call the church at 417-876-2200. Thank you for listening.